This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich off sports betting. I'm talking to you, Liam Marr. To repeat, we're not going to get you rich. There's sleaze balls abound all over the internet. We'll be happy to help take your money to chase down that lie. Here, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. Godspeed. Mr. J. Swa, is this episode 11? Uh, I think it's about 11, yeah, something like that. But um, we'll we'll crank those numbers out after the show. But, yeah, we, we, this is a thing. We, we've been doing this for a couple of weeks now, maybe a couple of months, actually. I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. Time flies when you're you're um, you're hating your, I mean, having fun. So, <laughs> so yeah. But uh, actually, a pretty fun week uh, here in in Washington D.C. We're actually recording today on Friday, uh, November first. So happy Day of the Dead to to you all out there. Um, and the Washington Nationals won the World Series. Uh, that's pretty pretty crazy. Pretty pretty crazy. So usually we record this on Wednesday, but uh, I had an appointment to get drunk and watch game seven and party all night and that happened and still can't believe it happened i actually went to work the next day too that was that was kind of really surprising that's my next question you managed to work after (laughs) after this action so my roommate said that i came home at four o'clock and i couldn't get in the door and i was screaming let me in the house (laughs) and my roommate's brothers were here up visiting from like a local college and they were very scared <laughs> that somebody was mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. and then and then you know gave my best to the youth uh, and then slept a lot yesterday and now i have i'm in the, the mood of podcasting i'm finally have reawoken and it's time to podcast so mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. we are your but natural yeah, state exactly exactly it, but uh, in all seriousness, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, I know I've mentioned it before, but I, I had a, a futures ticket on the Nationals to win the National League pennant as well as the World Series. I made that July 5th, so right after um, the kind of right before the All Star break was. Um, kind of some of the reasons I, I did that was they got off to a really slow start. So their preseason uh, win total was supposed to be like 88, 89. They were like the favorite in the NL East, a really competitive NL East. Um, they got off to a pretty slow start, but they had a really hot June. And they just just watching them from kind of a, a neutral perspective, they Max Scherzer was really dominant. Strasburg was dominant. And uh, at the price we were getting, all they really had to do was get in the wild card because they're pitching so good that the the – starting pitching so good that that benefits you in a, in a series format since you don't really have four or fifth starters. And, uh, yeah, I mean, everything kind of came to fruition. I mean, obviously like we always talk about randomness had a huge play in this. Um, but you know, sometimes the, the bounces go your way and that's what happened to the Nats. And, uh, yeah. Did you, you catch much of the world series? Caught a good bit of it. Yeah. Um, watched all of game seven, super exciting. Uh, didn't really have a dog in the fight, but but definitely fun to watch. Good pitching staffs, a lot of exciting hitters. Um, definitely a great series. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, that Astro team is clearly better. I mean, on paper, you know, just uh, the the batting lineup is pretty absurd. They got like Carlos Correa hitting seventh, and fucking mm-hmm. Jordan Jordan Alvarez hitting eighth, who's just an absolute monster. Uh, but you know. Like we said, randomness plays a big part. 
Nationals more veteran presence and you know they they just never gave up so they were five and zero oh in elimination games for them and they trailed mm-hmm. in all five of those games I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's insane um, so yeah I mean it's just one of those things where uh, you know it, it's like I said I kind of you know I know my specialty is is in these future bets and these longer macro type betting and. Obviously, we're not going to get as successful every year as I was successful this year. I mean, I had the Astros to win the AL. Um, I had the NAS to win the NL and to win the World Series. I had a couple other like long shot bets, like uh, I had the Twins and uh, the A's and um, some other team I had, I think. But the net winning of all this is around 15, just under 15 units, I think. So. You know that that's a huge amount of money for the uh, relative amount of betting I made. So you can't expect that. But this is kind of where it happens. You know, a lot of times in sports betting, it's you kind of trade money, call it back back, which is like breaking even for you know 200, 250 trials, and then maybe a 15 to 20 trial span, you might be up you know 10 to 15 units. And that's just what happens. And you know, that, that's what we have here. And, and, you know, we're getting started next week. Uh, college basketball starts, and that's really my main bread and butter. Uh, but NFL futures market, I'm doing pretty decent. We're going to go over the division odds, look at some of the games uh, for this week. But, uh, you know, as far as my weekly betting, I'm, I'm pretty much breaking even for the NFL. So I, I was up for most of the year. I've had kind of a, a slow couple of weeks here. But just like we said, a lot of times you trade money for a good amount of time and then, you know, you get these spurts. So you got to just got to keep keep grinding. And uh, then every once in a while you hit a thirty seven and a half to one ticket just like, <laughs> and you happen to live in that city and, and uh, kind of get captivated for for a month with with all the fans here. And it was a lot of fun because the, the Capitals won the Stanley Cup like, uh, say, 15, 16 months ago. And because I'm such a big Caps fan, I couldn't, like, really enjoy it. I just had, like, so much anxiety and so much just, like, nervousness. And, like, so I I feel like I never got to enjoy the whole run. And this was so much fun because it was just, like, house money. Obviously, I was trying to make money at it, but my fandom wasn't there. So I was just kind of like, ah, well, if they win, that'd be sweet. And if they don't, well, it'll be okay. So the entire month, and I I live with a bunch of uh, like diehard Nats fans, so they're you know living and dying by every pitch. <laughs> I get to just kind of be laid back and then just like, oh wow, yeah, well I make money off that. That's cool, and uh, <laughs> it's very enjoyable. So I will say, definitely a month that I, I won't soon forget. And uh, you know, I, I tweeted about this. This is what's so fun about sports betting. I mean, you know, obviously, you, you know, you get that dopamine rush of winning, and you know. But, I mean, the actual following of a team and, you know, I, you watch the, the World Series. The Nats were – they're a very likable team. I mean, Max Scherzer, if you've ever played a competitive sport and you don't like Max Scherzer, I don't know, like, what is wrong with you. But that dude is just so ultra competitive and so intense that um, he's just easy to root for, man. But, yeah. So you think you wouldn't have picked that up if you uh, weren't, like, a, a, a D.C. resident, hadn't – wouldn't have seen, like – I don't know, local things and had followed, you know, they're over under from the beginning. Well, I, a lot of it is I, I do. I'm able to follow them closer just, yeah, because I can follow the media and whatnot. And uh, but it was also a, 
kind of a stars aligned thing. I had I had a good about amount of money on the Indians as, as well. That was the team I was forgetting, and they didn't even make the playoffs. But I, they were a similar thing, where a team started out hot, or excuse me, had high predictions, started out really cold, and then bought them at at their dip, and they just didn't make the playoffs. I think they missed the playoffs by a game or two. Um, but yeah, you're able to keep a pulse on the team a lot more. And, and I mean, it's easy to say this now, but I, you know, I, I saw some, I know I tweeted about this earlier in the year. Um, they just were having so much more fun and, you know, uh, it, it sounds simplistic, but a lot of it was getting rid of Bryce Harper and actually having different leadership and the team just looked like they were having so much more fun and, and, and throughout the whole year. So yeah, it, it was a little bit of that and you don't want to be, you know, results oriented, but um yeah at the end of the day these are these are uh, humans playing the game and uh yeah it, they they were having a lot of fun so yeah but uh the the sports continue and like we said college basketball uh, starts on tuesday so i'm kind of spending most of this weekend other than the nats parade which i'm going to on saturday most of this weekend is going to be dedicated to researching college basketball getting ready for that and next uh, week's episode we'll, we'll kind of cover college basketball but um, the NFL season continues, Robinson, and uh, we're going to go with the divisions. Anything you want to talk about before we get started? Yeah, I got one question for you. So you just hit a big bet or a couple of bets, a few bets, mm-hmm. and you won a bunch of units. Does this mean that moving forward, because that's like an outsized win and probably increases your total amount of betting pot money? Mm-hmm. Does your unit size now change? Do you now have a bigger unit than you did a month ago because you just won a bunch yeah. of money and your pot got bigger? Yeah, I uh, every month I update my unit size, so it's all relative. So like college basketball, my unit size, so my unit size for each sport is relative to what I consider my advantage. So like my what I bet on a college basketball game is double what I bet on an NFL game because I'm better at college basketball, the in game. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just live betting, but the game to game, you know, so so a single game. Uh, all my futures bets are a higher amount than my game to game betting just because I've identified that I'm better at futures and longer term bets. So my for example, my college basketball picks, it's it, they're three percent of my what I call my sports betting bankroll. Um, so naturally, my NFL is one point five percent. Um, so that 3% is also for my NFL futures bets. That's how much they are. So every month I update whatever my total bankroll is, you know, whatever that pot is, the percentage is the same, but the the actual amount is increased. Mm -hmm. And that's what my unit size is. So because it's November 1st, I have a new unit size, you know, Mm -hmm. because it gets updated every month. So I think October, it went up a little bit. It, It had, I not hit this big, um, future my unit size would have gone down because i actually lost money in october uh, from nfl betting so yeah that way what it does is it prevents you it allows you to capitalize when you're doing well right because you're you're increasing in uh proportion to your success you're having but inverse is true so like it protects you from if you're having a cold streak like okay when you're each each month you're going to be betting less and less because your unit size is going to shrink because your total pot is is lessening because you're losing so but your percentage is staying the same if that makes sense it does yeah so it, it, yeah it, it's a great question and that's a that's something that um it's a it's kind of like a, a protector it's a buffer from going broke but it's also 
Um, you're leaving money on the table if you're not capitalizing. You should be aggressive, you know. So if you're doing well, you should want to capitalize on it. You don't want to be over aggressive, obviously, but you you don't you know you don't want to have to wait the full year to increase your unit size. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Uh, but now to go division by division. Uh, right now it's a we talked about this all year, but the NFC East, uh, the Eagles are the favorite. Or excuse me, the, the Eagles had been the favorite coming into the season, but the Cowboys right now are the favorite. I've talked about this Eagles uh, team all year. While they don't look as dominant as I was expecting, I still um, – I, I already am invested in them to win the division, to make the playoffs, and I'm waiting to, to invest more. Uh, the only reason I'm not doing it right now is because the Eagles play the Bears as four-point favorites this week, whereas the Cowboys are actually seven points favorites against the Giants. Uh, so essentially, it's more likely that the Cowboys win this weekend than the Eagles. But pretty soon, the schedule flips where the Eagles have a much, much easier schedule. Essentially, the Eagles have three road games left, and there are, I believe, the Dolphins, the Redskins, and the, the Giants, which are three of the worst teams in football. The rest of the five games are all at home. There's some tough games in there, but they're all at home. So uh, I'm essentially going to wait for the Cowboys' schedule to turn up here in about a week or two, and then I'm going to invest in the Eagles – um, but yeah, it's a two horse race there. I've talked about it kind of all year. I, I'm, I'm been big on the Eagles, the NFC East now, or excuse me, the NFC North is the, is now a two horse race. The bears have really fallen off. They, um, it's, it's now the Packers and the Vikings Packers are pretty sizable favorites minus two twenty five, whereas the Vikings are around two to one. Uh, I still think the Vikings are, uh, I want to say a better team, but the fucking Packers have Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I just think the Vikings are a more complete team, but the Packers have a better quarterback. So it's kind of a dice roll there. Um, the, the NFC South, the Saints are huge favorites. So now they're minus 1,500. The only team that has a um, has more of a stranglehold on their division is the Patriots in the AFC. But the, the, looking like the Saints are going to be the NFC South winners. That minus 1,500 is about a 90% uh, just over a 90% certainty that they'll win that division. The only team really that has a chance to, to beat them is the Panthers at 8-1. to one. Falcons and Bucks are pretty pretty much done. The NFC West, uh, the 49ers have emerged as pretty much the biggest threat to the Saints. Uh, they're minus 300. They are the real deal, I will say that. They beat, beat your cards last night, dude, in, uh, in Glendale. And uh, the Seahawks are plus 350. The Rams are six to one. So now we kind of have sizable favorites for the first time in the NFC. It's it's the Saints and the Niners followed by the Packers in terms of like winning the conference. Uh, the Eagles are about twelve to one to win the conference. I'm gonna wait a little bit see if I can get a better price, but they're definitely a team I'm looking to back. But the the NFC is starting to kind of take shape, and it's looking like the Saints and Niners are kind of sizable, you know, are, are kind of clear and above everyone else, but. You know, in a couple weeks, that could change. I still think the Niners with Jimmy G as their quarterback, he's not really that proven. The Saints, you know, they're getting Drew Brees back, and he's good and whatnot. But last year, he really kind of faltered at the end of the year. So that'll be interesting to follow. Uh, So definitely a little bit less murky, but it's also not 100% clearly defined in the uh, NFC. Any uh, questions before we get to the old AFC there, Rob? Don't think so. All right. In the AFC East, shocker alert, the Patriots are extreme favorites. Uh, essentially, if you put 
$10,000 down, you would get $100 that they'll win the AFC East because they're that big of favorites. Uh, AFC North, our Ravens, who we've got a 4-1 to one bet on, and we took actually more action in the middle of the year. They're minus 450 favorites. So they're pretty pretty sizable favorites in the AFC North. The Steelers are actually the second favorites, even though they have their second-string quarterback. They're 6-1. to one. And the Browns, the preseason darlings, are 10-1 to one to win the division some places, as low as 6-1 to one some places, but I'm seeing some 10-1s as well. The AFC South are Colts. We, we have a futures bet on the Colts. They're the favorites at uh, just about pick them, even money. The Texans at uh, just under 2-1, to one, and then the Jaguars 6-1, to one, Titans uh, anywhere from 8-10-1. to 10 to one. And then AFC West, this is that big bet I made at the beginning of the year. The Chiefs are about minus 500 favorites. Uh, next up to the Chargers at 8-1, to one, the Raiders 9-1, to one, and the Broncos 50-1. to one. Sad news, Joe Flacco out for the rest of the year. Broncos Nation, very, very confused. Very confused what to do without Joe Flacco. <laughs> One interesting note I will say that we might want to try to capitalize on is looking at the Ravens. So this weekend, the big game is uh, the Ravens versus the Patriots in uh, lovely Baltimore, Maryland here. And the Patriots are only three-point favorites. And if the – you know, this is kind of all year we've said that the AFC has been – uh, the the Patriots and the Chiefs, and then kind of like murky after that. But the Chiefs lost Patrick Mahomes to an injury, and I think they're realizing that they pretty much are going to win this division with or without Patrick Mahomes. He's technically questionable for Sunday's game, but most people think there's no chance he plays. Um, and a lot of people are starting to speculate to think that they're probably going to just kind of almost use this time to let them heal up more so than they would have to if they were in like a real playoff hunt since they have such a leveraged position. So they're thinking that they might just take them, uh, let them let them sit for the next three weeks and then get the bye week because they have the bye in three weeks. And because they have such a stranglehold on the division, what that that you know they would lose is potentially the home field advantage. For that two seed. So the Patriots are going to be the one seed for all intents and purposes. The Chiefs aren't going to catch them. They already have three losses. The Patriots have none. So what this gives an opportunity to is the Ravens. The Ravens are really kind of the only team that you can make a case for. They they may get that two seed. And that two seed would give you a home field advantage uh, in that second round of the playoffs. So um, the Ravens are seven to one to win the AFC East, or excuse me, the AFC, the actual conference. That's something we might take a look at here. If they beat the Patriots, that'll go down to like four or three. And and as three point underdogs, they're pretty much like a 41 percent chance of winning this weekend. And I actually do like them as a bet. I think uh, Patriots really haven't played anybody. The Patriots are a better team, but the difference isn't as, as huge as uh, I think m- many would expect. So that's definitely an angle we can play upon. Uh, but, but the Chiefs are also playing like the long game. Let Mahomes get rested. Uh, even if that means maybe we have to play one more game on the playoff game on the road, we'd rather have a healthy Patrick Mahomes than rush him back too early or anything of that nature. So that, that's one thing from the futures market in the NFL I would look at. Anything else, I'm kind of sitting pretty in what, with what I have. I have the Ravens to win the AFC North. Uh, I have the Patriots to win the Super Bowl at 10 to 1. I, they're trading right now at like 2.5 to 1 at that price. Um, so, yeah, I kind of like what we're doing here. So I think we're just going to sit pretty. Any questions for kind of when we look at uh, this week's games? 
Um, no, I don't think so. Sounds like the future thing is still sort of the the place where you feel like you got your edge and can sort of map the possibility space and and uh, get an edge possibly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has been in, in the day. You know, the game in, game out. It's uh, I'm definitely being more selective now moving forward with the game in, game out, and and it's kind of one of those things where. You know, this year my unit size for those that that bet on the nationals, um, yeah, it was 37 and a half to one. I won, but the unit size wasn't that that much, you know, compared to what I'm betting in for other games. So it's kind of one of those things where if I bet less per game, you know, game in game out, I can allocate more towards those season long bets, which I have, you know, I've had more success in, and more and a much higher ROI in. So. Uh, it's kind of like we talked about all the time, defining our circle of competence here and allocating our money uh, to where we have our best edge. And like I said, I, I, that's where my edge is. So that's where my, my uh, you know capital should be. I dig it. Yeah. All right. So let's take a look at this week's games. Um, I, I haven't made a bet yet, actually, but I, I just want to run through briefly on each one. Um, you got Houston playing Jacksonville in foggy London town. Uh, Houston is a two point favorite. J- One thing to note about this game is first of all, it's a division game and the second time division opponents play each other. Uh, just the familiarity, usually they're lower scoring just because of the familiarity. They saw each other earlier in the year. They see each other twice a year. And then the other thing is, is Jacksonville always plays in London. They play one game a year and, um, you know, understanding how to prepare for that and not only understanding to prepare for that, but also since most of the players have already done this, they know what works, what doesn't work. Whereas Houston hasn't uh, played in, in London, at least in the last couple of years, I believe. So it's a new thing for them. So, that you know, that's definitely a huge advantage for Jacksonville. I, I will probably look to tease up Jacksonville through that, that seven to the eight. Um, but I'll, I'll tweet that out if I find a good teaser that I match with. Uh, Washington Redskins. Oh, first of all, Washington Redskins. They um, so they kind of did a really cool news dump. I don't know if you heard about Trent Williams. Did you hear about Trent Williams, the left tackle for the Redskins? Mm-hmm. So so he's been in a holdout all year with the Redskins because of their medical staff. So it comes it comes out that. Um, yesterday, so the day after the, the Nationals win the World Series, the Redskins have like a news dump, and they essentially it's it's made to be known that they misdiagnosed him. They thought he had like a minor problem, and he actually had cancer, but they didn't diagnose him properly. Jesus, so yeah, which is so fucked. And that's why he's been holding out of the team because they, you know. Essentially, he went to like a local hospital to have it looked at, and they're like, "Yeah, you might want to get your affairs in order, dude," and, which is insane because. The terminal? Um, no, I I don't believe I am actually not well researched enough on the, the the story to to really know one way or the other. Um, but I think he had a tumor and he had a tumor removed. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of doing chemo, but yeah, anyways, just the Redskins. You know, essentially their best player. Yeah, they misdiagnosed him, missed the cancer diagnosis, and yeah. So, anyways, they're just such a bad. Um, waited, waited till the Nats won the World Series to talk Yeah, about and then football. they. T- yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that that was a coincidence or not, but I mean, to me, how shitty of a franchise they are, I don't think that can be a coincidence that that happened. That came out yesterday because so many people haven't heard about it. 
Like even people here in DC, I'm like, have you heard about the Jordan Williams? They're like, no. So no, yeah, busy. next pod, next pod, we'll revisit that, and I'll slander fucking Daniel Snyder's name and Bruce Allen's name and the whole fucking Redskins piece of shit. Then, <laughs> but anyways, they travel up to Buffalo this weekend, um, nine and a half point underdogs because they're pieces of shit and they suck, and they're starting Dwayne Haskins for the first time. He's gonna get mobbed on. Put a bet your house on Buffalo, fucking go Bills. Uh, moving to <laughs> Tennessee, playing Carolina. Um, yeah, don't really have much on these two teams. Carolina really – this is one of those things where Carolina last week was only a four-point underdog in San Francisco, and then they got completely destroyed. So this is one of those things where the market really liked Carolina last week, then they had a bad performance. You can kind of buy low on this. Uh, if I was forced to play it, I would take Carolina minus three, but I really don't have a feel at all in this game. Philadelphia playing Chicago. Chicago's uh, a four-point underdog. Their quarterback play is abysmal. Mitchell Trubisky is just so bad. Um, I have so much invested already in the Eagles that it's not really worth it for me to bet this game because I, I have such a long play on them that you know it's kind of like I would have too much. But if you don't have money in this game, I, I really do like Philadelphia in this spot. Uh, Chicago is kind of in, in a little bit of a they're a little bit lost right now as it, from an identity perspective. Um, Kansas City. Versus Minnesota, there's no real line out because they haven't announced if Patrick Mahomes is playing or not. Um, can't really give any analysis without knowing that. So we're just going to move to the next game. Miami versus the Jets. The, Miami's only a three-point underdog. So this is really saying more about the Jets than than the Dolphins. So the, Jet, the Jets like told their star safety and a couple of their players, like, yeah, we're not trading you. And then it was like leaked that they were trying to trade – them to different places and it fell through at the very end so now they have to like they're already a a terrible culture and bad locker room and now they're like got to pretend to like oh no we weren't trying to trade you even though there's like all these detailed you know reports saying how they were going back and forth with it so it's kind of a shit show there so that's kind of what where that line is representing it's kind of showing the true talent the line should be around six but because of the you know, kerfuffle, if you will, with the with the front office. That's where Miami is kind of uh, getting the support from the betters. Uh, next is Indianapolis at Pittsburgh. Uh, Indianapolis is a much better team. It's kind of a weird line than Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm going to do more research into it for betting it, but I like Indianapolis's team better. I like their coach better. I mean, they are on the road, but yeah, I have to do more research on why that line is. Detroit is a underdog in Oakland. Um, Oakland Raiders have actually been a really well-coached team. They just don't have a lot of talent, but John Gruden has actually done a really good job with the Raiders. Uh, kind of just a young team playing with a lot of a lot of hope, a lot of a you know uh, you know mojo and whatnot. So the Lions. Eh. They're not a bad team. Matt Stafford's been playing well. They're actually throwing the ball down the field, but Matt Patricia, their coach, is, is kind of having a hard time establishing his culture. Seattle Seahawks are a five-point favorite against Tampa Bay. Russell Wilson is an amazing player. Uh, Jameis Winston for Tampa Bay is a turnover machine. Uh, that's five points. It's really a fishy line. It seems low to me, um, but yeah. Cleveland at Denver. So we talked about Cleveland being one of the most underwhelming teams this year. Uh, they're a four-point favorite on the road in Denver because Joe Flacco, the GOAT, is out for Denver. Uh, they have uh, Allen, I believe, Brandon Allen for Denver making his first career start. 
I'm going to look somehow to get a piece of this game, maybe the under or tease up Denver because I think Dem- Denver can run the ball really well. And I think they're going to just kind of, kind of be game plan specific, trying to take the ball out of this rookie's hands and just kind of try to shorten the game and, and make Cleveland beat themselves. Cleveland's had a lot of discipline issues and uh, turnovers. So I think that's what Denver's going to going to try to do here. That's that might be one thing I might save it for a live bet and see how that you know first quarter plays out and then get in on it. But that's definitely an angle I'll look at. Green Bay travels to gorgeous Los Angeles and there's going to be like 70 percent uh, Packers fans there. I don't know if you've ever seen some of these Packers games when they go to like shitty places like if they ever go to the Redskins or they ever go to a warm weather place. But it's about 80. It's like I'd say about 60 to 70 percent. Uh, Packers fans. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the Packers are a three and a half point favorite versus the Chargers. And then the biggest game of the weekend is New England at Baltimore. New England's only uh, New England, obviously undefeated, really untested all year. Um, they've played an absolute joke of a schedule, but they've also dominated. So it is professional football. Uh, that's gonna be a hell of a game. It's a Sunday night game, three point favorite. Uh, I like Baltimore in this game. Uh, I'll probably be on them in some fashion. And then finally, Dallas Cowboys at the gorgeous New York Giants. Uh, Dallas is a seven-point favorite. And, um, yeah, I mean, they're they're clearly the better team. I don't know if they're that much better. uh, But, yeah, I don't really have a feel on that one. Uh, The New York Giants are obviously not playing for this year. But I'm also not that high on the Cowboys either. So uh, kind of a, a, a underwhelming game of slate or a game this slate for, for NFL football this week. I am going to be doing some DFS this week. I've taken the last two weekends off last weekend or two weekends ago when we were in New Orleans. It was illegal there. And then last weekend with the Nats World Series and whatnot, it was just kind of too crazy over here to do proper research. So I'm excited to kind of get back into it this weekend. Um, I'll have an article out from, uh, from our, you know, our, our friend here, Deverick Holmes, um, that should be posted tomorrow and I'll have my plays and whatnot, but, uh, that's pretty much it. What's going on with you, Rob? What's going on, uh, this weekend? Any, any fun in the sun out there? Uh, definitely some fun in the sun out here. Um, got like a charity walk Saturday. I'm also going to put you on the spot. I know you hate when I do this without giving you research, um, starting Carson Wentz or Jacoby Brissett in fantasy this weekend. Now you mentioned you're pretty neutral on both the ga- those games and probably don't have anything to add, but just in case you do. Uh, I would go with uh, Wentz because Deshaun Jackson is supposed to be back for the Eagles, and he's like a huge big play threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jacoby Brissett is not a bad option either. Um, yeah, on the spot, I'd say Wentz, but really, I don't think you can go, you can go poorly. I think Jacoby Brissett's without his best receiver as well, T.Y. Hilton. So mm-hmm. yeah, if, if you had to do one, I'd probably say Wentz, but that that's not a bad decision to, to have to make there. Tight. Um, I'd also like to shout out to our toughest critic, um, Braden for bringing out that, uh, our, our ugly looking son's under call. It's not as bad. The sun started super, super hot. Um, it looked really, really good against the Kings and then the Clippers, too. Um, I still think they'll come back to Earth, so we'll see what that looks like. But, like, on every statistical measure, the Suns are, suns are mobbing. So 
I guess I apologize. Like I love you, son. So I hope you do well. I just yeah, I, I mean it's fine. It's a pretty massive sample size there that Braden brought up. You know the uh, the five five games. Although well, I just pulled up their schedule, they lost a one game or one by one point against Denver and one point against the Jazz. So wow, that's crazy. But um, yeah, what's your record in your fantasy football league? Four and four. Could you hear that? Four and four? Yeah, sucks, dude. Because I didn't start uh, that weekend we were in Louisiana. I didn't start Marvin Jones. <laughs> I don't. That's I don't the know. whole it's... issue. I know. I was driving you around, so I couldn't change it. Oh, you joke. All right, dude. Well, I guess I'll see you and everybody else next week. Right that. Peace.